Okay, today's stuff is uh, Ayin. We're going to do Ayin and uh, part of Ayin Aleph. Like I said, we're going to try to do an Amud and a half about a day. I mean, a daf and a half a day so that we get to the Siyam by Friday. Um, Amarava. So two lines from the bottom of Samach Tzerem Abed. Zona Ovede Kochavim, V'Yisrael Mesubin Etzla, so if you have a, a non-Jewish woman prostitute who's sitting together eating with the Yisrael, um, so the wine on the, on the table is mutar. Why? Nihidu takif lehu yitzre, davera, yitzre diye nesech lo takif lehu. In other words, the assumption is even though she, he, right, this is a strange thing exactly what this means, the, the yitzer of of Znud is very strong, but there's no strong Yetzer of Ye Nesech, which means, is what's the idea here? They're saying he doesn't desire to have Ye Nesech, so he's not going to have the prostitute Minasech, the wine, so that he can drink the drink Ye Nesech, because that's so appealing. Um, and therefore, the assumption is, and here it doesn't exactly say this in the, in the wording, but the obvious undertone is that since he's kind of in charge of the prostitute, he hires the prostitute, so he can ensure that she doesn't do anything to the wine. Okay, and he wants her body, he doesn't want her ye nesech. So therefore, he can ensure that she doesn't do the nisu chayayin. But if it's the flip, okay, we're going to see here a hierarchical structure, who can control who. If it was the zonai Yisraelite, if she was a prostitute, and she's sitting with the ovdei kochavim, um, who are going to sleep with her, and they're all together, chamra asur, she can't drink the wine. Because my taima, ho'il v'zila alayhu, because she is looked like nothing in their eyes, but tryu grira. Okay, in other words, she'll go after them, meaning she'll allow them. She can't control them. She's the higher prostitute. So she can't tell them, don't touch the wine. Whereas if the Yisrael is not the prostitute, then he can tell, he can make sure that the, the Ovedikol Chavim doesn't touch the wine. Um, okay, ha'u beta. We're going to have a whole bunch of different examples here. There was a house to have a yati bechamer di Israel. Um, so there was a house where there was wine of a Jew. Al oved kochavim. The oved kochavim walked into the house. Um, right, the assumption is the house was owned by the non-Jew. Achta ledasha ba'apeh. Mahavabiza bedasha. So he closes, he locks the door in the face of the Jew. In other words, he locks the door so the Jew can't come in. Um, but there was an opening in the in the door. Okay, there was a bizabadasha in the door. There was like a slot. You know, sometimes there's a mail slot or something. So there's some sort of slot or opening where you could see into the house. So the Jew has his wine in the non-Jew's house. The non-Jew locks the door, but there's this slot where you could see in. And they noticed that the ove kochavim happens to be in between the barrels of the wine. Amarava, kol delahade bizashare, dehaigisa olahaigisa aser. Anything where you can see through that slot, where your vision goes, and you can see all those chaviyot, all those barrels are fine. But anywhere to that side or that side, right where it's not in eye vision, since the door is locked, all of those things are going to be forbidden. Hahu chamer di Yisrael, dehava yatid bebeita, dehava dayar Yisrael be'al yonava ove kochavim betachtona. Okay, now there's wine of Yisrael that was in a house 
where in this house there was a, the Jew lived upstairs and the non-Jew lived downstairs. It sounds like Bava Batra, right? We're going to get to some Bava Batra type <laughs> things. Um, and the wine was in the downstairs area where the non-Jew lived, right? You can make sense because they always keep the wine down and not up, like in the cellar. But the point is that the Jew had a had a some opening in his floor where he could see into the house of the non-Jew. Okay, now the non-Jew couldn't see into the house of the Jew. Remember this fact, this is going to be important. The Jew could see through, kind of access the non-Jew, but the non-Jew, I guess, I don't know, maybe could see, but couldn't really see most of the house. But the Jew had a vision, had a view of the, of the downstairs. What happened? One day, Shamu Kal Tigra, they heard this loud screaming outside. Nafke, and they both ran outside frantically. They heard some screaming. They ran out of their house. Kadim ata ove kochavim. The ove kochavim now, when they came, went back into the house, he went back in first. Okay, now he didn't necessarily know he went back in first. He just, it's, they both ran out frantically. And then they each went back into the house. But it happens, in this case, the non-Jew went in first, but he didn't know that the Jew didn't go in first. And he wouldn't have a way of knowing because the Jew was upstairs and he wouldn't necessarily seen once he went in the house, he wouldn't necessarily see him. So the non-Jew went in first. After Ladasha and he locks the door. Amarava Hamrashare. The wine, even though he locked the door, and presumably the Jew now, what's the issue? In order for the Jew to get in, he has to unlock the door and go through the non Jew's area to get upstairs. So, in theory, right now, the non Jew's alone with the wine and something could happen. But Rava says it's not a concern because Memer Amar, the non Jew, could say, Kihechi de Kadim Atai Ana Kadim. Kihechi de Kadim Atai Ana. Just like I happened to get into the house first, Kadim Va'ati Yisrael Va'ati Balyona. In other words, it's just as likely. The point is, since they ran out frantically, they weren't necessarily pay t- paying attention to what was going on. They didn't necessarily see each other. And he said it's true, you know, ne- whether or not he knows he's in the house, the point is he doesn't necessarily know. He says, I ran into the house, but it could be the Jew ran into the house before me, and it could be he's upstairs watching me. So therefore, there's no concern that he's going to do anything with this wine. Hahu Ushpiza, there was a guest, Davayate Bechamar de Israel, where there was in sorry, it was like an inn, thank you. It was an inn where right Ushpiza is usually a guest, but it right it also means an inn. There was an inn where there was wine and as an inn of a non Jew where there was wine of a Jew there. There was an Ove Kochavim who was wandering between the barrels of wine. Amarava We've seen this before. If he's the kind of guy who the authorities are scared of and they'll never arrest him for anything, then he feels free to do whatever he wants and he'll come in contact with all sorts of barrels that aren't his. But if he will be if they'll arrest him for touching someone's stuff, then obviously he's going to be scared not to, to he's going to be scared to come in contact with the non Jews wine, and therefore it'll be mutar. We could assume he didn't touch it. There was a house where there was wine. So again, the non-Jew was found among the barrels. If he can come up with some excuse, okay, this is a little similar to Nitpasalav Kiganav. It's the same kind of idea. There the assumption was Nitpasalav, meaning does he have connections or not? Or, you know, is he a very important person that they'll never arrest him? But here what it means is if he can somehow explain what he was doing among the barrels and have a good excuse that nobody will think that he's a robber and then he won't get arrested for that or in trouble for that, then 
Um, if he has an excuse, then the chamer is asur. Then it's going to be forbidden because the assumption is he could do something here. Vilo, chamer shari. Okay, but if not, then the wine is going to be mutar. Now, all these cases yeah. are cases where the, the owner, the Jewish owner of the kosher wine will be troubled constantly. He'll never have a minute. <laughs> right. How could he possibly yeah. leave it there without being worried? Right. Right. It's true. There's actually um, there's a, a, bun- a bit of a debate about a bunch of the, about this, these cases. I um, just want to see one second which case exactly this is. Um, Right, so these cases, when it's in the house of the non-Jew, Rashi says they're shutafim, they're partners, and it's that they kept the wine in one of their houses, okay? Um, the Ritva says it could be their partners, or it could be it just is wine of both of theirs in the house, and that's why the non-Jew can kind of say, oh, well, I'm going among the barrels, and he can have this excuse, well, I have a good reason. Um, and that's why we're not sus- suspicious here that he's going to be necessarily um, a ganaf, right, that because... The whole issue is that, uh, you know, it's, he's got rights to be there. Um, there's also, as usual, there's this machloket. When it says it's mutar, so the assumption is mutar even b'shtiyah. But when it says it's asur, there's again a machloket. Rashi says it's asur even b'hana'ah, because we have to assume it was yeh And the Ravid says it's asur only b'shtiyah. Okay, but not b'hana'ah. So there's again debates about that. There's a machloket whether we're talking about chaviyot that are open, or are we talking about chaviyot that are sealed? Okay, because in these cases, the question is, even though it's lot now or whatever now, the question is, is this going to provide him with enough time? Does he think he has enough time to reseal them and wait till it all dries and all that? So it's a bit of a debate about whether we're talking about chaviyot p'tuchot or chaviyot stumot. Um, okay, so, uh, okay, metive. Now we have a, a koshi. Nin'ala pundak, osha amarlo shmor, asur. So this whole thing we said before, if he eat lele ishtemute, then the, then the wine's going to be asur, right? If he has some excuse here as to why what he was doing there, then the wine is asur. But if not, the wine's going to be mutar. But it says in this other source that if it was in an inn, and the inn is locked, or he says to the non-Jew, watch my wine, I'll be back later, where then he's got time to spare, it's going to be forbidden. So now, here it doesn't distinguish between or right? It, there's no distinction here. So they assume my love Doesn't it sound like even if he doesn't have an excuse, right, where he'll say, "Oh, well, I was touching the wine because blah 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 blah," where he has some good reason. So and they assume since this brighter makes no distinction, it must be apply across the board. In which case, it contradicts what we said before, which is it depends. So they say, "Lo, no, you can explain that this is talking about It's only if he can come up with some excuse what he was doing near the barrels. Another case. By the way, all these cases just show how common all these things were, right? Because there's so many cases about it, and again, so many, so much uh, ink spilled over this this issue. They were sitting and drinking wine together. He hears the calls of the Beit Knesset. Right? He hears people davening. So he gets up to go daven. So now the non-Jew knows he's got some time, right? So Amarava Chamer Share. No, the Chamer is Mutar, and this goes back to what Naomi, you were saying. Memer Amar. 
the Nanja will say to himself, In other words, what's the assumption? What does this mean? It means the Jews can all of a sudden remember about his wine and remember that I'm with his wine and he's going to come back. And the assumption here is that the Jew momentarily, when he hears the call, you know, he hears them dominating, he says, oh, got to run to dominating. He runs off and all of a sudden while he's dominating, he's going to remember, wait a minute, I left my wine with the non-Jew. How could I do that? And he's going to run back. Okay, like Naomi said, the guy must be very worked up about this, right? So the assumption is he must have forgotten, and then all of a sudden he's going to remember and come back. So the non-Jew assumes, because again, this is all under the assumption that the non-Jew knows about all our Yisurim and know that we can't do this. So therefore, he's going to remember it. He's going to come back, and therefore the non-Jew won't start doing anything with the wine. Um, they were sitting on a boat. He hears the call of the shofar of Banish Mashot of Shabbat, the Shabbat's about to start. Navigvazal, he gets off the boat. The assumption is, I assume, that the boat was docked. Right? And they were on the boat, and he goes into the city for Shabbat. Okay, now what do you assume here? So the guy knows he's got 25 hours, right? He's got all the time of Shabbat. That's plenty of time to do something. Ama Rava, Rava says again, Chamra Shari. You see that Rava is Matir all this wine. On what basis? Memer Amar. He says, the guy's going to remember that he left me with the wine and he's going to come back. But what about the fact that it's Shabbat and he won't be able to? Here's a really interesting thing. Isar Giora, who was a ger, okay, who was originally a non-Jew. So he says, when I was, when I was a non-Jew, Amrina, we used to say, Yehudai lo mintere shabta. The Jews don't keep Shabbat. Okay, in other words, there's this assumption among the non-Jews, we'll see why, that Jews, when it comes to, let's put it this way, when it comes to financial loss, they're not so mocked on keeping Shabbat. Okay, and that's why the non-Jew is going to say, it's true he went to go for Shabbat, he heard the Shabbat, he went in. But when he remembers that he left the wine with me and he's going to lose all his wine, he's clearly going to come back, even if it includes, you know, some sort of chilul Shabbat. So, why is this? Okay, why is this? Why do they think that the Jews don't keep Shabbat? Dimintere Shabta, they make an interesting assumption. If they really kept Shabbat, kama kise hava mishtak There would have been a lot of, um, of, Wallets left in the shuk, okay. The it should the gear says Okay, the so let's before we get to that, they what's his assumption? His assumption is that they see the shuk on Shabbat and there's no money laying around, nothing left, nothing anything. And the assumption is people must have been, you know, sometimes at the very last minute going home before Shabbat. Shabbat comes in, and you would think that they would leave their wallets behind because they can't carry their wallets on Shabbat. But what do we see? Even though there's people who rush home to Shabbat the very last minute and get in when Shabbat's already started, they take their money with them. And so you see, when it comes to financial loss, they're not makpid on hilchot Shabbat. Okay, they'll carry their wallets home. Okay, there's two issues. There's carrying, arba There's also muktza, right? The money is muktza because it has no purpose on Shabbat. So he says, from the fact that we see that there's no money ever left in the shuk, this is like a good opportunity. They said, oh, all these Jews have to leave, you know, they, they, it's like a plundering time, right? All the Jews must leave their wallets behind. Let's go take them. So anyway, what does the Gemara say? 
why the Gemara now has to explain why the Jews don't leave their wallets. They don't know the halacha. The people hold like Rabbi Yitzchak, who holds, If you find a wallet on Shabbat, you're allowed to carry it for amot, okay, less than four amot. What does this mean? You can carry pachot, pachot. It's a way of avoiding, in order to be over on Chotzah on Shabbat, there has to be, you have to uproot it and then put it down four amot away from where you uprooted it. There has to be an akira and a hanacha. So what they would do is they would pick it up, walk less than four amot, stop. And stopping, so yes, yeah, so we'll talk about this. So stopping, and then you would stop, and then you would, you would, uh, you would then, you know, stop, and then pick it up again, and then stop, and then, and this is like a way to override the de'oraita, okay? It's still Ashramidurabanan, but the rabbis instituted, they were worried that people would mamash be over on Isra de'oraita. Let's say, right, this is classic, you get, uh, you get delayed at the airport, and you're on your way home from the airport, and Shabbos comes in, and you get out of the cab, and you walk home, right? But what do you do with all your valuables, right? In other words, you're stuck. So according to this, I actually I didn't have a chance to really look up all the halachot about this, so I'm not poskening at all. But I'm saying that according to this, that you'd be able to override the, you'd be able to carry a pachot pachot midalad amot, walk, stop, walk, stop, walk, stop, and in that case, override the muktza issue and the hotza issue. In other words, they allowed you to basically um, override the darabanans of those things in order so that you wouldn't be over on the daoraita of carrying something arbama burshadarabi. Okay? Because they know the people are bahula mamonam and all that. Okay? But that wouldn't allow the Jew to go back into the boat and. And save his money from the non-Jew, right? But, and that's why there are no wallets in the shuk. Now, what's interesting about this is he even says it's about a motzi kis. In other words, it's not motzi kis. It's only, um, it's even, sorry, it's not even if your wallet, if you find money, they say there's a way that you can kind of move it. Um, what I saw about the finding money issue, as opposed to if it's your own money, that the Rambam is matir, but other people say, no, it's us, or we don't pass in this way. Okay, um, in terms of finding, in terms of if it's your own money, I, I think also we're not, I'm not sure that we, pretty sure we don't actually pass in this way, but anyway, it's something worth looking up. Okay. Pahu Arya, to have a nine bema there was a lion that was, that was uh, screaming in the roaring, right? Roaring in the matzarta, that's the, right, the wine press. Shama ove kochavim, tasha bene dane. So the Ovei Kochavim heard, and he ran out, you know, and he ended up between the barrels. So Amarava again, Chamer Share. The, the wine is mutar, even though he ended up near the barrels. Memer Amar, Kihechi de Tashina Ana, Itshenami Yisrael Achorai, Vekachazele. Okay, in other words, just like I ran away from the lion, scream, roaring, it's very likely there's going to be a Jew here, so therefore he's going to see me, and therefore he doesn't do it. Hanu ganve de salke la pumpadita. There were all these ganavim that went to pumpadita. Upatru chavita tova. And they opened a lot of barrels of juice. Amarava chamer share. Rava again. Paskins the wine is mutar. Even though these non Jewish, or we'll see maybe, even though all these ganavim opened the wine. Now we don't know who the ganavim are. So first, okay, we're going to see all 
Jews put in a very positive light, not exactly in this stuff, um, right? They don't keep Shabbat. My time, Aruba Ganve Yisrael Ninhu. Most of the Ganavim are Yisraelim in, in Pupadita, okay? And therefore, we're not worried about Yenesech. Have Uvdi bin Hardea, Mama Shmuel, there was another case where this happened in Hardea, and Shmuel said, Chamrashare. So now they want to know why did Shmuel Paskin it was Mutar? Kiman. Ki Rabbi Eliezer. He holds like Rabbi Eliezer, da Amar, Safeg Bia Tahor. Okay, what's Safeg Bia here? We're talking about it. Now we'll learn right now. In the Mishnah, it has to do with Tarot. Haniknas the big Abi Yimotak Shamim. If you go to, into a valley with a lot of fields there, in the rainy season, the assumption is in the rainy season, nobody walks by the fields. Because if you walk by the fields, you'll ruin the, the, the crops are growing. You'll step on them. So nobody goes in the Yimotak Shamim, which means that that area, for all intents and purposes, is a Rashid Yachid. And what do we know about Safek Tum and Rashid Yachid? It's like the Sota. When it's Rashid Yachid, it's private. That's when the Sota is Asur. That's when Safek Tum is Asur. Safek Tum and Rashid Rabim is going to be Mutar. So this is Rashid Yachid. Vituma Vesadeplonit. And you know this Tuma in a certain field. Vamar halachti b'makomalaz, and the person says, "I went to that area." You know this tuma, but you don't know if you walk through the field where there was tuma, and it's rishide yachid. So normally we'd say sefek would be tame because it's rishide yachid. But Rabbi Lazar says sefek bia tahor, sefek maga tame. He says. Since you're not sure whether you actually went into the field, it's one thing if you went into the field, right? If Safeg Maga means I went into the field, but I'm not sure if I came in contact with the Tuma. But if you're not sure if you even went into the field, that he rules is Tahor. Okay? So that's Safeg Bia. How does that relate to us? It's like the Ganavim. We don't really know what the Ganavim did, right? There's a Safeg here, whether they actually were Menasech the wine or not. So therefore, even though there's all this Chaviyot Ptuchot, we're not going to answer that, okay? But then they say, "Lo, shane ha'atam dekevan deika depatche l'shum amona havale sfek sfeka." So they say you don't have to necessarily hold. Say he holds like Rabbi Leizer, okay? Because Chachamim disagreed and said Safek in the Nimorak Shamim. You're not sure if you went in Safek Bia's Tamei. You could say even if you hold like Tanaka, like Chachamim. But in this case, what's the issue? Why the Ganavim opened all these chaviot? Because they were looking for money. People hid money in barrels. So they were looking for money, and therefore they opened all the barrels. They didn't care about the wine. They were Ganavim. They were looking for money. And therefore, it's like a sfeik sfeika. Okay? It's more of a suffix. It's suffix. Do they open it looking for wine or looking for um, money? And if they were looking for wine, were they trying to be menasech or not? There was a young girl, non-Jewish girl, who was among the barrels of wine. She had some of the froth from the wine in her hand. Still matirs. Okay, why does he matir? It could be she took it from the gav of the chavit, from the outside. In other words, sometimes the froth comes out, right? It bubbles out, and it could be the froth was on the side, and she didn't actually open it. Even though there's nothing, no froth left in the wine, like let's say you open the barrel and you see there's no froth there. As you could say, it all came out and that it was all outside the, the chavit and she took it from there. There was an army, a group of, uh, like the head of the army, came through with his troop to Nahardea. They opened up a lot of barrels. Okay, 
Okay, he said there was a case in front of Rabbi Elazar and he martyred. The lo yadana, and we don't know why he martyred it. Was it imishum desaver like Rabbi Eliezer, damar suffik be tahor, which would then mean we'd have to decide do we paskin like him or not? And as it could be, he paskin like Rabbi Eliezer, but maybe we don't. Okay, and he was saying it's all because of suffik be tahor that we're not sure if they even did yenesech with them, and it's like you went through a field and you're not sure if it was the one that was tamei or not. Imishum desaver ruba de azle bahade pumasa yisrael ninhu. Okay, or maybe it's because they said most of the people that were in that army unit were Jews. And therefore, you can assume it was Jews. So they say, Ihachi, hai safeg bia, safeg magahu. Okay, what do they say? How can you compare this case of these open barrels to safeg bia? It's more like safeg maga. It's not, do you think you entered the field where it was tame? It's more like you entered the field because the chaviyot are open. They came in contact with the chaviyot. It's just a question, did they do yenesach or not? That's like Safik Maga. Did you t- come in contact with the Tuma or not? So what do they answer then? Kevan de Miftachei Tuva. Again, we're going to say just like the last case, since they opened so many barrels, this doesn't have to do with Safik beer or not. It has to do with, since they opened so many barrels, Ema Data de Mamona Patru. Okay? And therefore, it's like they, right, we can assume or at least suggest that maybe they came for money and not for the wine. And that's why it's like Safik Bia. Because then it's, right, did they open, the, right, they open the wine, but the question is, did they use it for, did they want to open it for the wine or did they want to open it for the, for the, um, for the money? And if they did want to open it for wine, were they Menasech or not? So already it becomes like Safik Bia. Hahibe Subita, de Masre le Iklida, Maftecha, or maybe just Iklida is the Maftech, there's a, different Nuschaot here, there was a woman who gave her key to a Lovedet Kochavim. Okay, she gives the key of her of her house or whatever it might be, um, a store that had wine in it to a non-Jewish woman. Amar of Yitzchak, Amar of Yelazar, Uvda have a Beit Midrasha, this case came before the Beit Midrash, Va'amru, Lo Masrala Elish Mirat Maftech Bilvad. Okay, she was giving her only the key to watch the key, but she didn't say, you can go open my house. She said, watch this key for me, I'm coming back. But she didn't give her permission to go into the house. It wasn't like she was saying, go into my house, check things out, make sure everything's okay while I'm gone. No, she just gave her the key to watch, but she didn't give it to her, give her permission to go into the house, and therefore we're not worried she went into the house. Amr Abai Afana Nami Tanina. He says, I, can, I see the same thing in a Makor Tanai. Hamoser Maftecho Lama Aretz. Again, we keep comparing Ye Nesach and Tuma. Okay, or we saw some comparisons before, um, and we saw today. So if you give your key to an Ama Aretz, and we're worried that what? He's going to come into your house and touch your stuff, and Ama Amea Aretz are not makpid on Tuman Tara, and they might be mitame your stuff. Taro Tav anything he had that was Tahor in the house before, remains Tahor. Why? Because you can assume when you give someone a key, you're only giving them to watch the key, the key and not to be able to come into the house. So now they say, If we're going to say from this brighter the tarotavr torot ye nesech mebaya, do you even have a question about ye nesech? Now, there's why did this question even come up? And other words, wouldn't it be obvious? So they say, right, that it's not an issue. If you're not worried about an amaaris being mitamei your stuff, then obviously you're not worried about a non-Jew. So now they say, wait a minute. That assumption is lememer de tarot alime. Oh, sorry, one second. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. Hashat tarotav torot. 
Ah, sorry. They're saying the opposite. Sorry, it goes back and forth. I don't remember which love we're up to. Just because it says, um, one second, it's a support for Ravdimi. Right, sorry, we're saying it like this. This is what they're saying at this point. Abai is bringing this as a proof for Ravdimi and saying, if the Tarot Tavar Torot, then obviously we're not worried about Yei Nesach. Okay, in other words, if we're going to say everything's Tahor in the house and we're not worried about the Amar, etc., then obviously we're not going to be worried about the non-Jew coming in contact with your wine. So now the Gemara is saying that assumption that Abai is making by bringing this as a proof text is assuming that what? Lememer de Tarot alimem Yei Nesach Right? The tarot are stronger than Yenesech, meaning, right, if, if we're not worried about tarot, we're for sure not worried about Yenesech. Now, one would think, since Yenesech is connected with the Zara, and we're so machmer on that, it would be the opposite. So they say, in, no, in fact, you're right. Tarot are more chazat men Yenesech. De'itmar, how do we know this? Because it says in Abraita, from here we're going to get into a whole, I told you, Baba Batra, we're going to get into a whole Baba Batra issue. Chatzir shechalka b'misifas. If we have a chatzer, okay, remember the beginning of Baba Bacha with you know, dividers that you put in your chatzer between you and the neighbor. If you separate your chatzer with a misifas, what's a misifas? It's a low, um, like 10 tefachim or less of a wall. You put up a little small divider wall, okay? The point is if it's 10 tefachim, right, you can reach over into the other chatzer. And remember the difference between this and, a, and two separate chatzerot, this is one chatzer that we just put a divider in, okay? Which is different from two chatzerot that were, you know, totally separate. So we put a misifas up, Amarav, and one guy on one side you have a chaver who keeps tumantara, on the other side you have an amaaretz who doesn't. Amarav, tarotav tumeot. Okay, in other words, if you have this amaaretz living on the other side of the misifas, of this little border you put up, you have to be worried he's going to come in contact with your stuff. But, but if it's a non Jewish neighbor, we're not worried that it's going to turn your wine into ye nesech. So therefore, what do you see here? There were more makpid on Tarot than we are in Yenesef. So that just proved our point, and therefore we're left with our proof. Okay? So, but since we brought this up, we're going to continue along. There's a machlok at Rav and Rabbi Yochanan. So according to Rav, we see that there's a hierarchy, right? Tarotav were more machmiran than Yenesef. Rabbi Yochanan amar af tarotav tarot. Rabbi Yochanan says, we're not worried about him coming in contact with your stuff, and the Tarot are going to be, your Tarotav are going to be Tahorot. Now we're going to have questions on both sides. We're going to ping-pong back. Metive. First we're going to have a question. I believe this one. Yeah, this one's on Rav. Let's say you have a, your chatzer is in, in the inner section. You're a chaver. And when you walk out to get out to the main road, you have to go through the outer one, right? And he doesn't go into yours, right? But you go into his. Remember this case where we had a pnimi and a chitzoni. So the chitzoni belongs to the ama'aretz. Oto chaver, the, the one who keeps the halachot of Tuma and Tara, shoteach sham perot, umeneach sham kelim, he can leave in his chatzer, perot and kelim, af apishal yadam aretz magat l'sham, even though the non-Jew can actually touch it. So why in the Misifas case does he say, we're worried, he's going to come in contact with your stuff, and here, even though he can reach your, into your chatzer, we're not worried. Kashya l'rav, so amar l'charav, shane hatam shenitpas alav kiganav. There, my chatzer is my chatzer, and his chatzer is his chatzer. It wasn't like we have one big chatzer and we put a divider up. But there we had two tzadhepar chatzerot. If he puts his hand into my chatzer, people are going to think he's a ganav. Whereas if we own the chatzer together and then just put up a divider, then there's less of a concern of people thinking he's a ganav. 
Okay, now we're going to have a source that goes against Rabbi Yochanan. Tashma, Rashbagomer, remember, he said, we're not worried, right? Tarotav Tehorot. Rashbagomer, Gagosha Chaver Lamala Mi Gagosha Lamaaretz. Let's say your roof of the Chaver is higher than the roof of the Amaaretz. Oto Chaver Shotech Sham Perot, Umeneach Sham Kelim, Ubevad, Shelotei Gadosha Lamaaretz Magad Lasham. Right? As long as he can't reach your gog, it's okay. But if he can reach your gog, it sounds like it's not okay. So He can have some sort of excuse for touching your gog. If his hand can reach, then Okay, he says there, he can say, oh, I was just stretching my hand. Or There's a few different interpretations of this line, but let's just say, right, I was just stretching my hand, and that's why we're worried that he might touch your stuff if it's actually in proximity. Because he's sitting on his roof, and he stretches out like this, touches your stuff, right? He could do it and claim, oh, I was just stretching out my hand. No one's going to say, oh, you're a ganav. You're sitting on your roof. You've just touched into the other person's reshut. So therefore, since he has a lishtimute, right, he has an excuse, which we saw before, therefore, we can assume that your tarot are going to be tmeim because no one will claim he's a ganav. Tashma, last source. Now we're going to go back, ping pong back to Rav. We're going to question Rav from this month. Gagosha chaver b'tzad gagosha l'amaretz. The two roofs are right next to each other. Oto chaver shotech sham perot, umeneach sham kelim. He put all his stuff there. Afapish yadosha l'amaretz magat l'sham. Kasha the Rav. Here you see, right? His hand can reach. And what do we say? It's not a problem. Amar l'cha Rav. Don't question me with that. In other you're quoting me, the guy who disagrees with Rav Hashem ben Gamliel. But Rav Hashem ben Gamliel fits perfectly with my shita because he says, if you don't, my God, it's a problem. And that's my whole approach. So, don't question me with Breitot, the whole, like the other guy. I hold a Rav Hashem ben Gamliel that if the hand can reach, then we're going to say everything's coming. Okay, so that was just a tangent we got off on. Um, okay, we finished that Mishnah. New Mishnah. Okay, a troop of an army comes through with um, in the time of peace. If you have open barrels, we can assume that if an army is coming through, they're not coming for war, but they're going through. What's their what's their goal when they go into a city? An army unit walks through the city. They want to take their stuff, right? They want to plunder things, and you know they need they're they're in the middle of their whatever they're doing, and they need some food, so they're going to take your stuff. So if you have chaviot p'tuchot, we can assume they came in contact with it. Stumot mutarot, but if they're sealed, then they don't have time to start opening, sealing, resealing, right? They're not doing that, so we're not worried if they're sealed. But bishat milchama in a time of war. This is a great line. When they're in the middle of war, they don't have time to start doing nisuchayayin. They're in the middle of a war. So if you have open barrels, you don't have to worry that they did nisuchayayin. You could very easily see the opposite argument. One, that it's very, very quick. Like we're worried about somebody practically flicking his hand. And two, their war, they're going to pray to their gods. Right. It is interesting. And the Gemara is going to question it from a different source, which is Ruminhi. Okay, if it gets captured by, uh, I forget what the, oh right, if there's a siege on the city. All, okay, what does this mean, koanot? It means anyone, okay, we know this unfortunate halacha, if a, if a, a woman is married to a kohen and she gets raped, she can no longer go back to being with her husband because a, a kohen is not allowed to sleep with a zona and she's considered a zona even though it wasn't her fault. Um, and likewise, any single women who were, who were part of this city 
can't marry Kohanim anymore because there's a suffix that um, that they were that they were raped. So here, what do you see? Right, they do have time, right? Okay, and clearly it was a siege. It was shot Mochama. They do seem to have time. So what's the Gemara going to say? I'm Rav Mary. Okay, when it comes to doing the nisuch. Right, exactly. Exactly. What's urgent, what's not. Right. It ends where we started today with, you know, uh, so here we see that when it comes to raping women, there's always time for that. But when it comes to doing Nisuchayayim, maybe their religious needs are maybe less interesting to them. Okay. As Sri said, maybe on the one hand, they want to pray to their gods, but on the other hand, the, you know, that they don't have as much time for. Okay. And they also say, Rashi says, like we said before, right? That there's no strong ta'ava to, to go be menasech yayin. Um, okay, just, I want to get into this a drop just because it's interesting. Halachically, there's, the halacha says basically that if a town gets surrounded and no one can get in and no one can get out, unless there's like some hiding place, okay? If, if there's a hiding place and the woman claims I was in a hiding place, then she can claim she's okay. But if not, if there's nowhere to hide, then all the women in that city are forbidden to marry Kohanim. Okay? Um, it's, it's quite chamor. But if they invaded and then left, like they kind of went through, so some people say we hold like Rav Mary, who says there's no time for this. But there's a different sugi in boat where Rav Yitzchak seems to say, um, oh no, sorry, my mistake. If they invaded and then left... That would be closer to the Shat Shalom. It's not the siege kind of case. And there, Rav Mary says they do have time for that kind of a thing. But Rav Yitzchak in Tubo seems to say they don't have time. And the post came or split as to whether we go one way or the other on this issue. So it's, an, it's unfortunately, a, you know, could be a relevant issue. I mean, nowadays, this isn't as relevant an issue so much. Um, you don't actually have a thing where the city is so sieged that no one can get out. Although maybe you know, there are situations, right? Like after the war in, in Berlin, right? This went on and things like this. Uh, um, you know, many women were raped and could, you know, they couldn't get out of the city in theory. So you could have, you know, you could make a case that that would be a similar situation. Um, okay, new Mishnah. Ha'umnim shal Yisrael shashalach lahem kochavim chavit shal Okay, you work for a non-Jew, and they pay you with yein nesach as your salary. Okay, mutar lomar, you can say, tein lanu etameha. Don't give me yein nesach, give me money instead. But, mishenich nesala if they already gave it to you, then asur. Then there's nothing you can do. Okay? Um, so, interestingly, I saw... Um, that the psak nowadays is since our assumption is now that you can get Hana'ah from Stam Yenam, because we don't necessarily know that they were doing Nisuch and all that. Therefore, they say if there's a Hefseb Mamon here, like you're going to lose your salary, then you can actually return the wine and get the money. Okay? But according to the Mishnah, you can't. Okay? And that's the difference between the Psak and what the Mishnah says, because according to the Psak Halacha, we treat Stam Yenam differently. So if it's, if you know it's Yen Nesach, then you can't. But if you don't know it's Yen Nesach, and it's just regular wine, he gives you his salary, and already he gave it to you, you can say, I'm sorry, please take this back. Okay? But according to the Mishnah, you can't do that. Amar of Yehud Amar Rav, Mutar la'adam lomar la'ovei kochavim, Okay, there's a bit of a debate about what exactly this means, but it seems that you owe some sort of tax, whether you owe taxes specifically on wine, or you owe taxes, you know, and you're supposed to, it's, either it's a tax on the wine, or it's a tax on everything, but you're supposed to bring part of everything you have, and part of that is wine. And you say to the non-Jew, take care of my manat for me. 
Okay, and then I'll pay you back. So if he pays with his yei nesach, you're in theory getting benefit from his yei nesach. But since you said, take care of my manat ha-melech, and you didn't specifically say, go give him yei nesach, if he pays for you and you pay him back, it's okay. It's not considered that you got hana'ah from yei nesach. And we'll see in a minute why exactly. So the Gemara questions this and says, Meitivei, but wait. It says in a different source, Al yomar adam lovei kochavim. Take my place for the Otser, meaning pay my taxes in my place. Okay? And then, and if he does that with wine, you're going to have a problem. Okay? So, what's the difference between this and that? Sounds like the same thing. So, Armale Rav, you're questioning me from that. Right? First of all, there's a debate here. Some people say this is all an issue of Shlichut. Are you a shalina? Ultachtai means go in my stead, which means basically be like me. And then he's being your shaliach. And then if he brings Yenesach, so you're directly benefiting from Yenesach. Whereas the other case was, Seva, Fesalai, Manatamelech, take care of my taxes, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're my shaliach. Okay, it's missing the shlichut term. Um, so they say, Halo Damya, Rav says that's not like Ultachtai Laotzer, where you're really going in my place. It's more similar, Elalaha, to this. Free me from my taxes, right? From this big tax that's on me. That's just saying, take care of it any way you want. If the guy wants, he could. In theory, even though maybe in practice he can't pay him money, but in theory, he could always pay him money. The fact that he chooses to use the NSF is his choice. So I am not benefiting directly from that, and therefore it's okay. New Mishnah. I want to sell wine to an Ove Kochavim. Now, what's the problem? When I pour it into his flask, Right? It's going to basically turn into Ye Nesach because he's now in contact with the wine. So the question is, is that considered that I'm benefiting from Ye Nesach? Because by the, when I pour it into his thing, right, and this is all going to be about when does the Kenyan occur? Okay? The Kenyan has to happen before he, it's called Ye Nesach because otherwise we're going to have an issue. So the Mishnah says, Pasak, if you agreed on a price, even though he hasn't yet paid you, Ad Shalom Adab, before you measure out the wine into the flask, Damav Mutarin. Then you're allowed to get paid, even after. Because the assumption is you already agreed on a price, and therefore your benefit was already from that moment, before it became Yenesa. But madad ad pasak, but if you measure it first, before you agreed on a price, damav asurim. Amar ameimra, the Gemara now starts off with kinyanim. We talked about this before, what is kone for? What are kinyanim for non-Jews? They're not necessarily the same as for us. So amar ameimra, meshicha bovei kochavim kone. Meshicha, where you pull an object, or, you know, it could be hagbaha for all intents and purposes, lifting it, frobe kochavim would be kone. Okay? How do we know this? Teda, dehane parsaim mishadre pardeshane lahadade, below hadrabuhu. On what basis do we say mishich is kone? It's like we talk about in the diamond world, right? A handshake is kone. Why is a handshake kone? Because we assume that everyone agrees that a handshake means a lot in that world, right? So you have different worlds where different things mean something. So, Mashiach is Kona for us because we assume if I pull the item, I'm clearly good for my word, I'm going to give you the money. But non Jews, maybe we don't trust them, right? So, unless they give you the money, that's why by them, money is Kona generally and not Mashiach. But Amemar says Mashiach is Kona, how do we know? Because the Parsim give gifts to each other and they don't take them back. So, what do you see? If giving a gift, right, is Mashiach, you pass something on to someone and they don't go back on their words. So, what do you see? It must be their word is good. Interesting key. Takes from the Parsim to all of De Kochavim. Maybe the Parsim were the of De Kochavim of his time where he was. Anyway, Rav Ashi Amar, Lolam Emelacha Mashiach Bovei Kochavim, Eino Kone. Okay, no way. Mashiach is not Kone. 
How does he explain the parsim? The reason why they don't is deramut ruchahu to nikite lehu. It's just arrogance. In other words, what is it? It's like an Indian giver. If you give a gift and you take it back, people are going to say terrible things about you, right? They want to keep their good name so they don't take it back. But it's not because Mashiach is Kone. It's just that if they start taking back their gifts, people are going to say bad things about them and they have a reputation to live up to. So that's a little different. Amravashi, Minaminala, how do I know that Mashiach is not Kone? Mida Amralihu Rav, Lahanu Savyuta, Rav said to these uh, wine, I think they're wine merchants, right? Savyuta, yeah, Mokhre Yain, Rashi says. He says to these wine merchants that were selling wine to non Jews, Ki Kailitu Khamralovde Kochavim, when you measure out the wine for the Ovde Kochavim, Shaklu Zuze Minayu, take the money first, Vahadar Kailan Lehu, and then measure them in the flasks. Okay, he's going more than the mission. The mission said pasak, right? As long as you agree on a price. He says, take the money first and then start measuring. And if they don't have money to pay you at the time and they want to pay you later, give them, lend them money. They'll pay you with that money. Then you'll measure out their wine and then they'll just owe you a loan. Okay? Because if you don't do that, it's going to be in your reshut. It's going to be considered in your reshut when it, ha- when it becomes yein nesach. And then, and then when you take the money from them, it's going to be demei yein nesach. Okay? And you're not going to be able to do that. And if you think that Meshich is Koneh, uh, Kanya, when he takes it, it's going to be Kone. And in other words, when you measure it, that'll be his Meshicha, or maybe in that case it would really be Hagbaha. And then, right, at that point he hasn't yet touched it, and then he'll touch it after. So if Meshicha's Kone, then it should have been enough for him, right? You didn't, he didn't, they, they didn't need to demand the money at first because they pour the wine into the flask, the non Jew's holding it, right? He doesn't touch it yet. Once it's poured in, then he can come in contact with it. At that point already, it's his. So therefore, it proves that Mashiach is not Kone. Um, so now they're going to say, on second, if they were to uh, measure it and put in Kalim of Yisrael, Hachanami. So, uh, one second, at this point, the Gemara is. One second. Um, does it really mean that he would, it would be Mashiach? Right now they're questioning his answer, and they're saying it doesn't necessarily mean it's Mashiach because he could have, in other words, they could have poured it into a clay of Yisrael, and then Hachanami, it would be the same thing. In other words, even if you poured into a clay of Yisrael, you would have the same problem. Because lo tzricha de kakal v'rami l'mana de kochavim. One second. Ah, Sorry. If you would pour into a cleave Yisrael, then we would say that. That then it would be okay. But since you're putting it into the cleave of the Ovei Kochavim, then there's a different issue here. It's not a matter of, is he going to be Menasech the wine right now? But as soon as you put it into the cleave of the Ovei Kochavim, they're basically going against Ravashi's logic and they're saying there's a different problem. As soon as you put it in the cleave that belongs to the non Jew, there's Sheriot of Yenesach in there. So it becomes Yenesach immediately because the wine that goes in there is mixing with the Yenesach that's in the flask. And therefore, 
it immediately becomes Yenesech, and therefore you will be getting benefit from Damim, even without the Kenyan, Mashiach. Okay? So we'll stop here for today, and tomorrow we'll... Uh, oh, actually, let's go one more line. I forgot. Sorry. The next line is actually questioning this Dichia. They say, Sof, Sof, Kimata la Vira Demana, Kanya. Yenesech lohave Ademata la Ita Demana. They say now that what's the issue? Just because it comes into the Kli, as soon as it enters the airspace of the Kli, if the non-Jew is holding the Kli, right, then it's already, it's as if he's Kona right then. When does it become forbidden because of the Sheriot in the Kli? Only once it reaches the bottom of the Kli, okay? And therefore, the, the first thing that's actually going to happen is the Kinyan, okay? So therefore, again, Ravashi's proof is that since it's going to enter the airspace of the Kli, at that point they're going to be Kona, Right? And that, therefore, it's going to be a problem. And that's why, um, and therefore, Mashiach is not Kone because he's telling them, right? Let's go back. Mashiach is not Kone, according to him, because if it was Kone, then you would. Wait one second. Getting lost. The Mashiach takes, takes place, right, before it becomes Yenesach, exactly. The Mashiach takes place before it becomes Yenesach, because as soon as it enters the airspace of the Kli, it's already. Belongs to Mashiach the non-Jew. Mashiach is up here, Yenesach is at the bottom. Okay? So therefore, Mashiach can't be Kone because it would have been enough to just pour it into the Kli and immediately it will belong to the non-Jew. And then, oh, we don't care if a few seconds later it becomes Yenesach in the hands of the Ovei Kochavim, you're not getting benefits. Not even a few okay? seconds. Okay? So, right, it's not even a few seconds. So Rav Ash is trying to prove that the fact that, um, I think it was Rav, Rav told them, who was it, Rabbi Yochanan? Rav told the people, make sure to get the money first. Because if you don't get the money first, it's going to be Yei Nesach in your hands. Mm-hmm. So now they say, but if Mashiach was Kone, then you wouldn't need to get the money up front. Because you could just, as you're pouring it, it would already be a Kenyan, it would already belong to them, and then it becomes Yei Nesach in their hands. But didn't at the beginning of Surya we assume that Mashiach means to Kenyan? Now, now, so now Amemar said it does... And Ravashi said it doesn't. And Ravashi is proving it from here, from what Rav did. He's saying that not Kona for a non-Jew. Well, no, he's saying for a non-Jew it doesn't prove it. It's not a Kenya. Because he thinks the non-Jews aren't trustworthy and until they give you money, right, it's still yours. Because you don't really know if they're ever going to give you the money.